Welcome to the Teachers Podcast, in association with Classroom Secrets, the podcast that's here to help teachers. Whether it's discussing the latest issues in education or sharing top tips for use in the classroom, if you work in education or want to know more about the sector, then this is the podcast for you. Now, please welcome your host, former teacher, life work balance advocate and successful business owner, Claire Riley. Hi everyone, it's great that you've joined us. So I'm super excited that my podcast has now finally launched and it's out there for you to listen to. So for this episode, I actually interviewed Heather McCavan. So it's possible that you may be thinking who is Heather McCavan, but it's likely that you do actually know her. So Heather used to be the head of marketing at Twinkle and she was actually the Heather from Twinkle for quite some time. And I just really wanted to catch up with Heather because she's just up the road from us in Bingley and find out where she is on her journey now. So in the interview, we talk about her education journey and why she trained to be a teacher in the first place and then why she decided to pursue other things. And, you know, in the interview, I just really appreciated how honest she was with me. And I just know that it's going to resonate with a lot of people out there. So it's definitely worth a listen. So in the interview, we also talk a little bit about her time in Japan at the beginning of her career and then her thoughts on whether she'd ever return to teaching. So Heather recently founded Mrs. McTivity. It's a resources site and she did that because she wanted there to be a low cost option for teachers. And the resources that she has on there are really creative and she talks about it more in the interview so you can find out more then. So I really hope that you take a lot from this. It's always nice to eavesdrop and listen in on a conversation. But Heather has some really insightful things to share too. And I just really think that you'll find yourself resonating with Heather a lot. So let's get to the interview. So welcome to the Teachers Podcast. Thank you so much for uh, being one of my early guests. Um, so we're here at Merlin Top uh, Primary Academy. Um, they've kind of let us use their room. Um, so I thought the first thing that um, the listeners would like to hear is about your journey. So your journey, um, deciding to be a teacher throughout teaching and then why you decided to leave teaching. Sure. So I uh, actually came in quite late. I think uh, when I left uni, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I worked in various dead end jobs. And then I decided I really wanted to travel because it's the thing you're meant to do in your 20s, right? Mm -hmm. And then I went to um, Osaka. I did the Japan Exchange Teaching Graduate Scheme the government runs. Um, Had no idea where I was going. Got landed in a Japanese high school. No idea what I was doing. No training, nothing. and I think I was quite good at it. And other teachers at school seemed to think I was quite good and I was quite creative in my approach and the children seemed to enjoy my lessons. And then I thought, well, I'm good at this and it's a good job and I enjoy it. So when I went, came back to England, I did a PGC in Leicester. Mm-hmm. Uh, that went really well. And then I moved back up to Yorkshire to start take up a post in Bradford in 2005. And I worked as a teacher for about 10-ish years. And then I had two children in that time. And my second son was a very, very difficult baby. And I didn't sleep for a year and a half. My husband mm. didn't sleep either. And he wouldn't take a bottle, all, all the usual stuff. And I was going into school exhausted. I couldn't deliver the lessons properly. I was thought of an observation was just, I was hysterical. Mm. Thought of Ofsted, I thought I'd go into a coma if that happened. And it, I just realized that I was utterly miserable. And I said to my husband, I'm a parent actually one day, I just burst into tears that I just can't do this anymore. And it's just too hard. And um, 
it's you know affecting our family life as well massively I was just wasn't present I was constantly working and off stressed and anxious I was having health problems heartburn and oh, it was horrific so around that time I was rifling around a colleague's classroom probably stealing a staple gun or something as usual and I noticed some resources by a company called Twinkle I'd never heard of before and I thought I saw an opportunity and I just thought I'm going to get in touch with these guys and see if they need a teacher because this stuff isn't that great it's okay but I can see a real see where this could go and they obviously can't see it so I got in touch and they gave me a job and then a year later I left teaching so that was I left in 2013 mm -hmm. and took up a full-time position there and I worked there for five and a half years wow yeah wow so obviously you've mentioned um working at Twinkle yeah um and that will have given you a different insight kind of into education I suppose really all the different um levels as well because you come from primary yeah. so how did working at Twinkle open your mind to the wider education sector um I started to go to a lot of trade shows things like the Bet show the education show childcare expo as well which is a really good one and I think when I was a teacher whenever my head teacher or anyone in school went to a trade show I used to sort of quake with fear what they'd bring back the only good thing my head teacher ever, ever brought back was an airliner, which was amazing. So it was like a pad that you could draw on and it would come up on the whiteboard. Mm -hmm. But everything else he brought just got consigned to a cupboard. Mm. And um, it was always just seen as like another thing to get your head round and another thing to take time up that maybe wouldn't benefit the kids. But actually when I got out there to these events, I saw there was a lot of really great products out there for teachers that they just don't know about. And um, a lot of great businesses and a lot of really passionate people who just really want to help children, help teachers with their jobs. So, yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, so how are you helping teachers now then? So I left Twinkle, as I said, in October 2017, and then I established my own um, resources site. So it's for teachers, parents, it's sort of crafts and activities, mainly, mainly aimed at the sort of three to eight age range. It's called Mrs. Mac Activity. So if you go to Mrs. Activity, you can download lots of different fun activities, summer, transition, whatever, back to school. So that's what I do. Um, and I employ a teacher and a designer and a tech guy to help me run the site. It's going really well. But I also work for another business called Kapow Primary, which make uh, bite-sized videos for specialist subjects. And I'm writing a phonics book as well. Wow. At the moment, which is due out next year. And I just want to do everything I possibly can, use all my knowledge and experience of this sector and as teacher to help as many people as possible. That's what drives me. That's why I get up in the morning. Mm -hmm. That's why I come to work. That's why I work, you know, X number of hours a week. And I'm just absolutely tenacious and really passionate about this industry. Yeah, fantastic. You'll have to uh, you'll have to come back on just before you do your book launch. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to. Yeah, thank and, you. And um, we'll make sure as well that the links to um, your two businesses are in the, in the show notes as oh, well. Oh, great. So thank you. Go. Yes, that'd be great. Um, okay, so obviously you've mentioned teaching abroad in Japan. Yeah. So how do you feel that teaching abroad differs to teaching um, in England? It's just the level of respect. Um, you don't get that criticism from the media, from parents. Mm. It's just you're left to get on with it. You don't have that you know, inspection, observation, um, mm. that sort of scrutiny. And I think teachers, the teachers that I worked with were amazing. They didn't need watching over. They didn't need... Mm needs to be checked up on because and they would have been appalled if they had been because they just thought they just assumed that they were trust, trusted and they were professional yeah. and that was just how it was and I think it impacted the behavior of the, of the children as well because the children knew that their parents supported the school yeah. um, and that sort of it just followed on in a, a natural way and I think that when you don't have that respect and trust for teachers that's when you run into problems mm -hmm. I actually think if 
teachers were paid like they are in Japan as a doctor is and treated in the same, held in the same esteem, it would mm. solve a lot of problems. Yeah. Genuinely think that. And did you feel that the, um, that the levels that the children were getting, you know, did they achieve high? Achieved amazing. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. They blew me away. They were, they were so, you know, bright, intelligent, picked things up really quickly. And, um, and I think that they really bought into their school. They had a real pride in their school and felt like a, they really belonged. It's really interesting, very different. Yeah. And what about um, the workload for teachers? Was that similar or reduced um, or more? Because of Japanese culture, uh, it's probably different in other countries, there was a bit of an expectation to be seen at doing work. Mm. But teachers did a lot of other like non-paperwork type tasks. So they all ran mm -hmm. sort of what they were passionate in, they were encouraged to follow. So if they like basketball, they ran a basketball club. But they were paid for that. Yeah, yeah. It was, or they took time back. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't just they were expected. Rewarded. Yeah, they were, they were treated out fairly, I thought. Um, yeah. But yes, they they worked hard. But in the holidays, that was holiday. Mm. They didn't work in the holidays at all. They'd yeah. spent time with their families or pursued hobbies. So you must have had a bit of a shock. <laughs> yeah, home. I was actually sort of stealing my. When I was out there, I thought I was. I knew that that wasn't how it was going to be back in the UK, and mm. I was sort of. Take time out now, relax mm. now, travel now, and then obviously when you get back, it's going to be pretty full on, and it was. Yeah, well, this is it. At least, yeah. you, at least you knew what yeah, you were yeah, going into. Yeah, completely knew, yeah. Mm. So obviously, um, we've both set up businesses after being teachers. Yeah. Um, so for anyone considering doing the same, what, what skills would you say that you've taken from teaching which have been really useful in your business? I think just creative thinking. So obviously when you're planning lessons and you're trying to get children to engage in lessons and, I don't know, form relationships, that translates to any business mm -hmm. because people want to work with people who are creative in their thought process and yeah. their strategy strategizing and you don't want someone who's just going to do as they're told or be wait mm. to be told what to do you want them to them to come up with the ideas yeah. and that's you know that's what i brought to all the businesses i've worked for i've worked for other businesses as well and you know do your own research think out, think outside the box and that's yeah. you know something that I've always done and I think just the sheer stamina of being a teacher mm -hmm. um you know I, I never tire yeah. <laughs> I can work forever you know I can sort of do 20 hour days and sort of cope and things like that because I'm so used to working hard yeah and teachers understand what it is to work hard and I think that's for any business it wants to take on a teacher, I recommend it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I just think, um, unfortunately, it's probably not a good thing, but teaching it just, it, it kind of cultivates an addiction to work. I agree. Yes, um, yeah. And I think, especially, well, actually, at Classroom Secrets, sometimes when people come in, we find it quite difficult. Um, or they find it difficult to kind of adjust and, and they try to work in an evening and we yeah. kind of have to mm. like train them out of that because yes, I, yeah, I we want see. them to have a life-work balance because if they don't have life-work balance then they're not as effective. Yeah, I mean, I get really twitchy in the evening if I'm not working and I think it's all those years of constantly evening mm. working and Sunday working as well. On a Sunday afternoon, I don't know what to do with myself because I'm so <laughs> used to planning and there's just so it's like hardwired into my brain that I should yeah. be doing something yeah. like work-wise. Shopping, go shopping. I could do, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll come up with a list of things right. for you to do on yeah, a Sunday like afternoon a, a that are not working. Tick list, yeah. Or you could, you know, as soon as it's Sunday, you could probably just, you know, look at your analytics and just see how many That's people what I are do. on the website. That's yeah. what I do. Yeah, I do that as well. Okay, so would you ever go back into teaching then? Um, I miss teaching a lot. Um, if whenever my, one of my kids has a party, it's just like being a teacher again and it makes me realise how much I miss being with kids every day and I find it really invigorating being around children. Um, 
I've got three of my own, so I get to, I get to be with them, I guess. But um, there's no other job like it. Like, there's no other job where you can make such a difference and have a genuine laugh every day mm -hmm. and work with amazing people and make a difference. I know it sounds really cheesy, but it's true. And that's why so many people go into teaching. Yeah. They don't always stay in teaching, but that's, mm -hmm. it attracts nice people. I don't know what if you found this, but the members of, to my site are just the loveliest, most undemanding, understanding people ever. It's like no other business. Do you know what? It's really funny, actually. Um, often when Pete, so um, we'll do, um, we let people visit if they, okay. want, if they want to, because... Um, oh, the offices? Yeah. Oh, right. Um, if, if they're looking for a job, um, because that's what they're used to when they're going to school. Okay. And honestly, the genuine feedback we get from people all the time is like, it seems like a really lovely place to work. And right. then people who start, they, they say that. And me as the leader, I'm always slightly confused how that happened. It's not that... I don't think we've put things in place, but it's not really deliberate. Yeah. But everybody sort of says how the culture is so nice and it's such a nice place to work it's and everyone's the friendly and it's, yeah. it's and there's no competition. And I think you're right. You know, a lot of them yeah. are teachers, but it's not just the teachers who are like that, who are just genuinely. But it rubs off though, doesn't it? This is mm, it, and yeah. they just genuinely want to help people. Absolutely, yeah. Yes. So yes, you're right. I mm. think it's a really nice place to work. Um, okay, so. The press is kind of always slamming education yeah. and we're, we're getting compared to education systems around the world. Um, so do you think as UK publishers that we have anything to offer the international market? I, do, I actually believe, and when I've taught abroad, they hold up the UK system as being the best or one of the best in the world. Um, Which is interesting. Think, yeah, I don't think we understand how other people view it. I mean, if you go yeah. to international schools, they use the UK curriculum yeah. with children from lots of different countries. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's so many countries where the curriculum is quite similar and maybe not quite as developed. Mm -hmm. So like Australia, New Zealand, South Africa, even Canada, mm -hmm. their systems are quite similar, but they're almost not, they're almost a few years behind, I think. And yeah. I don't know about you, but I get a lot of members from those countries mm -hmm. who obviously not finding what they need in their own country. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So they sort of come to my site to maybe just to be nosy, I don't know, but then they, yeah. site, they sort of pay to join and um, they obviously like it. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, um, so why do you think it's so important for sites like ours to create resources for teachers? Why reinvent something that's already there? Why spend your Sundays, you know, creating content mm -hmm. for your classroom and for the week ahead when it's someone else has actually put a lot of thought into it and mm. has the experience of knowing what's what, you know, things that work and things that don't. I mean, I when I was a teacher, there just weren't resource sites around, so I had mm -hmm. to create everything from scratch. Um, I'd move year groups, I'd just create it all over again, or the curriculum would change, and so that it's, you know, I'd go back to year three, but it was a totally different curriculum, so I couldn't yeah, reuse yeah, yeah. anything, which is really frustrating. And um, and also, I didn't, as a new teacher, I didn't know what was going to work and what, I could see the objective, but I didn't know what the activity would be to go with the objective, because nobody told me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know, so I think it's really helpful that sites like yours and, and mine, we can sort of give the ideas, and it's the inspiration, I think, sometimes. Yeah. It's just trawling through oh I'll try that I'll try that because you don't have all the answers do you especially when you no. use even when you're an experienced teacher you know it's good to get you know bounce things off with people it's the time um, as well isn't it yeah and you know just thinking back to you know Mother's Day Father's Day when people should be in with their families and they're just they're planning and it's just mm -hmm. not right you know people shouldn't have to do that they should be able to enjoy their weekends and have hobbies and go meet their friends and Go for a weekend away, even you know, oh, yeah. work is work should be done in work time. I believe not. Yeah. I mean, although I don't do that myself, but 
I think it's we can should be freed up. Yeah, and you know, it's I'm doing it for different reasons, I guess, but it really annoys me and upsets me to see teachers struggling and sort of breaking down, having mental health problems, yeah. marriages breaking down, not not enjoying life. We only get one life, don't we? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. make the most of it and don't wait for the holidays. Yeah. People often think, oh, I do this in the holidays. I won't, you know, I won't get fit or I won't mm. I don't know, go to the cinema because I, and then the holidays, they're ill. Yeah, or and, the yeah. holidays, by the time they've got there, they're like, all right, well, I'll spend all week working to catch yeah, up. Yeah, so, or they're exhausted, yeah. or they've got to catch up on all the household tasks or mm. whatever. And it shouldn't, no other job does that. No. Like, you know, people plan things in during the week, don't they? And they I do, think that yeah. teachers, more than anybody, they need that. They need that break from the classroom and from, from the job because it is all encompassing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so why do you think teachers rely so heavily on resource sites? I think some of it is confidence. It's imposter um, syn syndrome, isn't it? They believe that, I, don't, I was like this as well, I got my first class and I thought, I can't believe someone's trusting me with these children. Cause, but teachers are terrible for feeling like imposters. They, mm. Even the best, in fact, the best teachers I work with, they believe they're terrible teachers. Mm. And I think that they think that they I don't know, they don't have confidence in themselves to plan good lessons or come up with the ideas. And also, it's just like you said earlier, time saving, isn't it? I mean, what, what's, what is the point in creating lots and lots of different yeah. worksheets and activities and planning when someone else has done something that's tried and tested as well? Yeah, and I think the other thing is, is that, you know, when, the, when they're using those resources, we've had a bit more time to have a think about it um, and it allows them to um, have time to create anything extra yeah. that's going to add to that, yeah, which yeah. is helpful. And to focus on the children. Yeah. And to really look at what, how they're learning, they're learning, you know, the different learning styles and what works for each child and personalise things. And it's so, I mean, there's, yeah. it's, there's expectation that each child's learning should be personalised. How do you do that when you're planning, you know, loads yeah. and loads of different lessons, but actually you don't need to do that planning. I mean, obviously you've got to tweak it. You've got yeah. to tweak absolutely oh, yeah. everything. Yeah. Nothing's going to work just off, you know, printing it off and expect no. it to work. It just won't. But I believe that sites like yours now have made a huge impact on work-life balance. And, yeah. and it's something I think to be proud of as well. Yeah, and I think, you know, if we can if we can cover the 90%, yeah. then the 10% yes. is yeah. kind of doable. And I also think, you know, if teachers have more time in their life, yes, then yeah. they're going to be happier and they're going to be yeah. better at teaching yeah. because they're going to have a little bit more time. And Agreed. I just think it's interesting when he said, oh, more time to focus on the children. And I just had the thought, yeah, whose children? Yes, their you own know? as well. Because yeah, if, they, if they've got children of their own, they need time to, to focus on yeah, them as well. Yeah, that's, that's, that's true. I mean, that's one of the reasons I left teaching because I kept thinking, I'm I'm so busy worrying about other people's children. I don't have time to worry about my own, mm. you know. So mm. and and I think that sites like ours, I believe, keep teachers in teaching. Yeah. I think more people would have left teaching if it wasn't for resource sites. Yeah. To um, help take the load off a little. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's almost like I know people say things like "oh, lifesaver," but yeah, I think yeah. it's more like job saver. Yeah. Or teacher saver, you yeah. know. Education it's, system yeah, it's saver. Yeah, keeping people in education and um, yeah. 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 All right. Next time somebody says that, I will say that to them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so why are you so passionate about education? Um, I just, I went to a primary school, which was a really tough school. It was mm -hmm. 40 kids in my class. Um, I left primary school. I never had a proper maths lesson. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I was really poor at maths. When I, and I, when I went to secondary school, it was a really painful experience. I had a lot of catching up to do. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know, maybe I didn't fulfill my potential. Um, 
But at the same time, I think that actually made me a really good maths teacher. It's one mm. of the things that I used, you know, sort of get praised for, for yeah, being yeah. like really, I could empathise with the children who didn't get it because I didn't, I didn't used to get it either. Yeah, they say so that, don't they? Yeah. yeah, so, and I always, I was always really good with English, but I don't think I was as good a teacher with English. So um, it's definitely true. But um, I just really want to, and it sounds really cheesy, but I, I'm a really helpful person. I love helping people. I get a kick out of it. Yeah. It makes, helps me sleep at night. And um, I want to live a life where I've made a difference. And, you mm -hmm. know, I've lived a life of integrity where whatever I can do, I feel like I've got a duty to help others. Yeah. Um, and having been in that position myself and not being able to cope myself, I just feel really, really driven. I don't want anyone to go through what I went through. Mm. Mm. That's really good. Um, okay. So... What are you learning now? Leadership skills, technical skills, um, what makes people tick, what people want, data. Mm -hmm. So looking, that's one of the things I look at a lot on my site, what, pe what resources people are downloading, when, and, mm -hmm. um, and I think just sort of how important relationships are. I think in teaching it's quite an isolating job. You're on your mm -hmm. own a lot. Um, not actually on your own, you with children, but as an adult, you, it is, you do feel yes. quite lonely. And yeah. I think that um, you don't necessarily need to form a lot of relationships in school. You do with your sort of close colleagues, mm -hmm. but that's it. But actually in business and outside of teaching, relationships are everything. Yes. They're absolutely everything. And, you know, yes. when I was at Twinkle, I, um, I often helped other businesses. You know, mm -hmm. People would message in and I think, oh, that's a really cool idea for a business. And I'd share their stuff or promote them in some way. And um, I think that that's how it should be. You know, we should help each other out. This is, there's room for everybody in this industry. We all want to help yeah. teachers and want yeah. to do the right thing. And it's not about oh, trying to compete. It's about helping one another and everybody succeeding. And then us helping more teachers and more children. Yeah, yeah. And I also think, I mean, I know we had a conversation about this um, off camera before. Um, you know, we don't offer the same set of trainers. Yeah. You yeah. know, we offer different things. Um, and I think that brings more choice. Yes, teachers. I agree. Yes, and I think yeah. that's really important for teachers and for children. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we're definitely on the same page with yeah. that, aren't we? <laughs> um, okay, if you could wave a magic wand, how would you solve the life-work balance problem? I would do something seriously different about marking. Mm -hmm. I think that marking is adds a huge burden to teachers. It adds little impact to learn to children and their learning. Um, I don't even think Ofsted particularly want to see marking. I mean, they mm -hmm. said in their guidance, you do what works for your school and your children, what helps them make progress. If that's verbal feedback, so be it. If it's a stamp in the book, so be it. If it's a smiley face, mm. if that's what works, do that. Um, but I just see so much wasted time. Mm. Teachers marking books, it's just unsustainable. I get rid of marking or mm -hmm. I do something different that was, effective, was just as effective. Um, I sort out school budgets. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think we talk enough about that we're just at crisis point having for a while mm -hmm. um something's got to happen you know people teachers good teachers are losing their jobs mm -hmm. through no fault of their own you know they've not done anything <laughs> wrong they've yeah. tried their best and all of a sudden the, yeah. the school has to make that really difficult decision and often they're very experienced the best not necessarily the best i guess but yeah, yeah the ones that maybe have given you know years and years of their mm -hmm. sort of working life to their career it yeah. just seems such a shame um and I'd raise teachers' pay. Yeah. Um, teachers haven't had a decent pay rise in a really, really long time. Um, MPs have, but teachers haven't. Mm -hmm. I, I know nurses and police officers haven't either, but obviously we're talking today about the world teachers, of teachers. Yeah. And I think that teachers are not rewarded sufficiently. 
-hmm. And it all goes along with this whole respect, holding teachers in high esteem and they've got to reward them appropriately and they're just, that's not happening. Mm -hmm. Especially for the amount of hours that they do. Yeah, um, yes, yeah. Because, you know, we're talking 70 hours upwards a week, aren't we? Absolutely, um, yeah. And it takes role. over your whole life. And, um, you know, we, we owe everything to teachers, don't we, to, uh, mm -hmm. to education. And I think as a parent now, when I see what my children's teachers have to do, they're looking at it from the other side, I just think, they're just amazing. They're mm. machines. Yeah. But they're, they're not machines though, are they? They're, they're yeah. also humans and... Yeah. Um, they're just acting like them. I know. And yeah. I just think, please don't leave. <laughs> yeah. Please don't leave this cup. Yeah. No, I understand. Never leave. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to ask you some um, really quick fire questions now then. Okay. Um, so who was your favourite teacher and why? Mrs Walker. She was my year three... I didn't call it that then, but she was my year three teacher. She was a really young, cool teacher and she had a real love for music and she really inspired me. So although um, my school wasn't particularly good on the academic side, they were really good on like school plays and yeah. orchestras and enrichment and things that maybe a lot of schools don't have time for now, but we mm -hmm. did loads of that. Yeah. Um, and she taught me loads of instruments and just, she really believed in me. And um, I think we had a real connection. And um, yeah, I just, I think about her and I think what a happy year that was in her class. She was amazing. Yeah. Yeah, all good. Well, hopefully she's listening. Yes, I hope so. Yes, yes. Mrs. Yeah. Walker, what were you calling her? Um, Heather Ricks back then. Heather Ricks. Yes, in so Wakefield. If, you, if you're listening, Saint, Saint, get in touch. Saint, Saint Austin's Junior School. Right, Wakefield, okay. Yeah. I really hope she gets in touch. I know. <laughs> I hope she does. Um, <clears throat> what do you wish you'd known when you first started out in teaching? How to say no. How to say no. I'm naturally a helpful person. I actually, I get stressed saying no to people because I want to help people because it's like that. ingrained <laughs> ah, it's, it's ingrained in me I don't know just just who I am I guess yeah um but actually in teaching saying yes all the time doesn't help you and doesn't always help the children no. so there were a lot of things that we did I was asked to do and I just was you know all right then I'll just do it get on with it and I thought it was easier to toe the line and actually it's not Mm. It's the, the hard thing is towing the line because you know it's frustrating when you're doing things that you know aren't are just pointless. And sometimes, don't you think, if you don't want to do something, it takes four times longer? Yes, yeah. And um, it makes you angry as well, and then you're less effective as a teacher. And yeah. I just wish I'd had well. that confidence to say, you know what, let's try something different. And not necessarily criticise, just say, you know, this thing we're all like, I remember we had to do um, APPs, if you remember that. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Although a lot of people <laughs> like those. I just never understood what the point, I just thought they were a real waste of time. Mm. It's just an exercise in paperwork. So I just didn't do them. Oh. <laughs> I just didn't do them. But I, sh I wish that I'd said to the head at the time, you know, we've got to do these APPs. How about this other thing we could do that would be just as effective and take a tenth of the time? And But yeah. never would have occurred to me to challenge because I just I wasn't of that mindset back then. Yeah. I would now. Yeah, and I think I think part of that is probably um, sort of running your own business and, and creating yeah. the rules. Yeah, yes, um, maybe, And yeah. then sort of experience. You kind of don't care as much anymore, do you? Well, you want to, you want to do something that has... Uh, that's the word like it's it, it's, it's driven yeah it's time effective it actually creates results and does yeah. something beneficial and mm. there's a lot of things in education that do that yeah I do think um like we have this um sort of phrase work smart banded around oh, a lot yes, yeah. and I think work in business smart, we say harder. that and yeah. in business that means sort of leveraging things yeah. um, to other people but also like doing something that gets results whereas in teaching when they say work smarter it just means just 
stop complaining about yes, it. I'm yeah. not going to get on any, with it. I'm not going to take any work away. Just yeah. work faster. Yeah. That's what work smarter means in teaching because there's not work taken away. Well, like a lot of schools I know brought in things about well-being and work-life balance, and they do like yoga after-school yoga sessions and as you know day trips and but that isn't tackling the issue. Yes. The issue is workload, and you can have as many you know birthday cards and chocolate little mm. hot chocolates and whatever and a bunch of flowers on your birthday as you like but it, it won't make a difference to teachers lives and that's what you, that what's that's what needs tackling and tackling properly yeah not just token yeah. you know and and i think it's not not head teachers not ofsted it's 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 the collective it's a collective mindset that yeah. needs to change yeah no i couldn't i couldn't agree more i i personally don't see how adding an extra hour of being at school to do yoga is going to help anybody i used to think that or just, running a choir or whatever it's just no i just don't <laughs> understand it because at the end of the day you know this isn't everybody but if i was in teaching now i would want to go home to spend yeah. that time with my children Absolutely, that's yeah. the whole yeah. point yeah you know i know so yeah, adding time is not the right no, one. No, no. Um, okay, what are the three biggest changes that you've seen then in education? 2014 curriculum, mm -hmm. um, it was brought in um, with little or no planning preparation by the government. Um, obviously sites like yours and Twinkle prepared as well as they could at the time. It was really difficult. It was, we tried. <laughs> there was hardly any guidance. Um, mm -hmm. It was sort of feeling in the dark a bit really. And teachers were panicking big time. They didn't have a clue what was coming. Mm -hmm. Nobody, there was no training. Um, Nick Clegg came to the Twinkle offices once and he, obviously he was at the time in government, he was a senior politician, he had, he had snipers. He, has, he brought snipers with him. Wow. Yeah. Um, it was really interesting experience. He was really tall. I didn't speak once. I was in a small room maybe with him with three other people. Maybe that's why he had snipers because he was a good target. Maybe, so yeah, tall. yeah. Well, yeah, at the time he was a target. Um, and he was, he was a really charismatic guy. I could totally see why he was a senior politician. Mm. But he didn't have a clue about the education system. He didn't even seem to understand about there was a new curriculum being brought in. When we mentioned it to him, he assumed that the Department of Education had prepared yeah. everybody. Mm -hmm. And that like Twinkle and Classroom Secrets may be part of some big plan yeah, altogether. Yeah, and yeah. it just wasn't the case. It was in, individual people thinking, oh, I'll create some resources for oh, yeah. this thing that no one else has had time to prepare for because the publishers or the book companies, they didn't have time to no. get ready. Um, so that was a big change. PPA, when I first joined as, as a, an NQT, PPA was not protected. And as I got five hours PPA at that time, got a whole day, it was constantly being stolen from me and it was gutting. You could mm -hmm. see this guy at my school, Bob, used to sort of come along the corridor. I thought, oh man, he's gonna take my PPA. <laughs> And it's devastating because oh, you, yeah. A, you've got to teach an extra hour or two you weren't expecting. Then you've got to mark the work and you then miss out on mm. that time that you could have been doing your planning. Yeah. And, and also just to recharge your batteries and, you yeah. know, you sort of count on it, don't you? It's, oh, you yeah. know, we were saying earlier, it's a bit like when, you know, you're planning on going out and your friend cancels on you or you, you think you've got a babysitter, but then, you, yeah. you know, mum and dad can't come after all. It's just... You really rely on it. It's, it's stolen, isn't it? Yeah. You feel like somebody has come into your house and yes, stolen and it's so stuff. unfair. Yeah. And then a couple of years into teaching, it became protected. Mm -hmm. So they, it wasn't allowed to take your PPA anymore, which is what it should have been in the first place because it was almost pointless having PPA because it was just obviously going to be taken Take away it, yeah. regularly. Um, so that was brilliant. That was a really positive thing. I don't know if that's still the case. Um, 
so that was the other big change. Did, was it was there a third that's big two, change? Yeah. Third big change. Um, budgets. Mm -hmm. That's uh, just a huge thing, um, and it's not just something that is a little thing. It's utter crisis point. Mm -hmm. um, when I started teaching, we could go on courses. We yeah. could, you know, the, you could go out for the day, do a training course, or bring someone in to supply. I don't think that even happens anymore. I don't. Yeah. It's just not a thing. Schools just don't aren't buying in training in that way anymore. No. Um, or, you know, you could order something. You mm -hmm. could, you know, I don't know. It just doesn't seem like there's any money for anything anymore. Even like no. quite basic things like a set of CDs, you know, yeah, for music yeah. or yeah. something like that. Buy it, just, it yourself, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. And it's just always seems to be no. Mm. There is no money and it's such a shame. Yeah. I don't know where things are going. It worries me. Yeah. Just going back to you, we're talking about the 2014 curriculum. Oh, yeah. Um, we, we found that really interesting because we had people sort of coming through to us, uh, uh, emailing us, asking us how to teach something. Or it, yeah. it was almost like they thought that the government had contacted us and said, oh, by the way, these yeah. are the secrets we're not telling the <laughs> can, teachers. Can you sort it for us? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and I'm thinking, well, I know we're classroom secrets, but we haven't been told any secrets. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we found that really difficult. It's in the name. Yeah, because <laughs> we were thinking, we know less than the teachers in school, and if they don't know, yeah, how on earth yeah, are we supposed to know? It was a really weird time, it was actually. A it was so time. rushed. And then they brought in all the spag stuff as well. And I mean, that was just yeah. nobody, you know, I hadn't been taught what a possessive conjunction or whatever yeah. was and no one else had either and it was such a steep learning curve and the questions that still go on in the, oh, in the teaching yeah, groups is a fallout yes. of this and i think you know i kind of feel like i only saw stability starting to happen like two years later 2016 yeah, yeah. when we're kind of getting a grip on yes yeah how yeah kind no, of and then the forward. assessment assessment changed there's another new thing yeah it always feels like as soon as people start to feel comfortable with something and confident in teaching it yeah is another thing and I think that that's what's so destabilizing yeah. and I think it adds a lot of stress and workload and I think the well. problem is so a year feels like a long time for, yeah. for most things but when the whole when the project lasts a year so you know a new curriculum teaching it lasts a whole year yeah. then that's actually a really short amount of time like a week Yes, yeah. Um, and then you have to think, well, how many weeks would we need to have this in place to feel comfortable with? And you're talking like 10 years. I reckon, yeah, um, yeah. To really to, master it. Yeah. yeah, and then if you've mastered it, you want to do it, <laughs> not yes, change yeah, it to I know, else. I know. And it's almost like being an NQT all over again. So every time, so you feel like the NQT year and maybe the year after is quite painful time, mm. isn't it? It is quite stressful yeah and it's very work heavy and then all of a sudden they bring something new in and you're back to square one again you think you've got there and yeah. then you haven't and you're starting all over again it's really tough yeah really it tough. is it is really tough mm. um and, and i kind of felt that as well because i was secondary and then i went into primary oh and that you did was, didn't you yes that was Shocker. like nqt year again just yeah. learning it yeah. all and, yes. and yeah. it's just completely different um so where do you think education education needs to go in the next 10 years i think we need to give schools much much on money mm -hmm. for a start i think that that just has to be tackled asap we need to look at workload we need to look at yeah. pointless things you know like the, the marking not that marking is always pointless but it needs to be meaningful yeah. like me if it's verbal feedback or whatever assessment needs tackling mm -hmm. it's so confusing you know nobody really quite understands maybe some people do but it just seems just utterly baffling yeah um reports let's yeah. just sort this out let's just 
do a report, just one page that's all, you know, that's typed out about the child yeah. rather than just silly like statements that just mean nothing. Yeah. Um, and I think that I think that there's a lot of good going on. You know, mm -hmm. they've got a lot of amazing teachers who really believe in what, what they're doing. I think, I mean, for all it's sort of, people complain about 2014 curriculum. I think it's all right, you know. Mm. I think it has got some interesting aspects to it. And even the SPAG stuff, I must admit, if you learn French or something, it's really useful to know all those terms. And maybe we didn't focus on that enough before. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think everything just needs to be rationalised a bit more. And teachers need to be held in higher esteem, mm. not just by the media, but by the DfE as well and mm. the public and parents. Yeah. Um, I think that it all comes from, you know, it's, it's almost like this constant barrage, isn't it, as a teacher, you just kind of like fending off parents who, you know, maybe don't understand the effort you've gone to yeah, and yeah. how difficult it is. And they think their child is the only child in the class. Yeah. Which I know as a parent myself, it is very tempting to get into that mindset, isn't it? But yeah. I think that we just need to work together and just find a solution to this crisis because that's mm -hmm. what it is. Joint responsibility, I think. Yeah. I think so, yeah. Rather yeah. than um, sort of putting it on somebody else. It's always the teacher's fault. Yeah, yeah. Fault. There's, and there's always like bringing a new, you know, there's a teacher's responsibility to spot this and report this. And teachers aren't everything, you know, no, they no. can't solve all our problems. No. They're just, they're individuals, they're humans with lives of their own. And yeah. Yeah. That needs to be seen, really. And they need to be allowed to have time to do that. Exactly. And the whole, yeah, definitely. There's just PPA 10% is not enough. Just yeah. not enough, no way. So who's your inspiration within education? Um, that's an easy one, Matt Butcher. Yeah. Um, he is a, a guy who I've met and talked to quite a lot, and he inspires me. He, um, I don't know if you know, it's a really sad story, but he lost his wife, Kaz. She was very young, yeah, she I just had a baby. Yeah. Um, they've got an, an elder child as well, so he's looking after two young children. He was a teacher, he was a year six teacher, amazing teacher, respected teacher. Yeah. He really creative, just the kind of guy you'd want teaching your own kids, basically, which I yeah. always think is a good test of a teacher. Yeah. Um, and he's obviously he's taking time out at the moment to make, you know, care for his kids and things. But Kaz had a wish mm -hmm. that she wanted teachers to invest more in the work-life balance and mm -hmm. to you know, look after themselves. So Matt and Kaz wanted to set up an app called Fit to Teach, mm -hmm. number two, Fit to Teach, which Matt's done and he does it amazingly well. He doesn't, you know, it's not a money-making thing. He does it because he genuinely wants, he believes in it and he yeah. wants to help teachers. He's yeah. just really passionate about, you know, helping other people yeah. and he's just a great guy and yeah. he's just really inspiring and he's just so tenacious and he's, yeah, he's just, every, he's, yeah, he's amazing basically, yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's a really, really good yeah. guy. And I do think, I think it's really important that people do use the app. Um, so yeah, I have, yes, um, I have yeah. spoken to Matt before. Um, he'd he'd be good for a podcast. Yes, yeah. yes, he's yeah. on my list. All right. um, and I think, you know, he, I know that he needs teachers to be to be using the app so that he can collect data because, you know, what might he be able to do with the data if he can get all that data? Yeah, so, if he could lobby makes, with that data, that'd be amazing. And the data it, yeah. you've got as well on work-life balance. Yeah. yeah, so I'll put those in the show notes as well to make sure that um, yes, everyone yeah. can download the go app on and to use his, it. Go on to his app, definitely. Yeah, okay. And uh, last question then. So yeah. what did you want to be when you grew up? Well, I went to a Catholic primary school mm -hmm. and um, I wanted to be a nun. <laughs> I wanted to be a nun for a really long time. Not just a fleeting wanting to be a nun for a really long time. Wow. Um, I thought nuns were the best, thought they just rocked. Um, obviously, 
a lot of the nuns I knew would also teach us. So I think that was sort of tied in with it really. I didn't really yeah. get, understand the whole wider, wider life of being a nun. Yeah. And then when I realised that maybe being a nun wasn't what I wanted to do after all, I wanted to be a teacher. And then I think a lot of my friends' parents were teachers and they always looked mm -hmm. exhausted and like really snappy and everything. So <laughs> yeah. put it, I was thought, mm, maybe this isn't what I want to do after all. And then I sort of thought, oh, I'm quite good at science. So maybe I'll be a doctor. Thought mm -hmm. about that for a little while. Did sort of A-levels leading up to that. And then at the last minute, I had a crisis of confidence, thought, I can't, oh, maybe I shouldn't be a doctor after all. And then I didn't really know for a long time. And mm. I was a computer programmer for a you know, while and learned quite a lot in that job. And then, like I say, I went to Japan and then it just went from there, really. But um, mm -hmm. I wasn't one of those people who've always wanted to be a teacher from day one. Mm. It's gone in and out a bit. But I think as you mature, you realise that you want to do something that's helping others. Mm. And that's the only way to be happy. Yeah. I genuinely think that and I think that if you're doing a job that's just about making money and you're just doing nine to five and it's just you know you get no no pleasure from it whatsoever you'll never ever be happy ever. Mm. Well thank you so much for doing this interview with us Um I think that the listeners are going to find it so insightful um, and so interesting um, and I think I think we've talked about some really good issues that yeah. um, you know that people be thinking about and yes um, yeah wanting to know about so thank you so much oh, thank you very much thank you. I hope you enjoyed listening to that as much as I enjoyed interviewing Heather. So we actually met at Merlin Top Primary Academy in Bradford and they were so kind to let us use their space to record and film this podcast so I just want to say a huge thank you to them for hosting us it just feels so right to record and film these interviews in a school setting. And the episode is actually now live on YouTube as well, so don't forget to check that out and subscribe to our channel. I also wanted to say that Heather mentioned a few links during the interview, and they've been put in the show notes as well, so please do check them out and make sure that you follow Heather on all the social channels as well. So if you have any suggestions for guests that you'd like me to interview, then, then let me know. So I've got a Facebook community called The Teachers Podcast and I'd really love it if you could join us. So you can suggest guests in there and have input into questions for guests that I've already got confirmed in the diary as well. I just think that teachers and educators are such a great bunch of people and I love that there's this community with us and we're just we're in this together. So just tell me, you know, who do you want to hear from? Who do you want me to interview? And if you haven't already, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast. And I'd be really grateful if you could leave us a review too. And I'll see you next week. Thank you for listening. The Teachers Podcast is in association with Classroom Secrets, a provider of high quality and affordable teaching resources that children love and teachers trust. To find out more, visit classroomsecrets.co.uk.